Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Chance to be in your house and worship you. Thank you that you come to meet with us. And Lord, we pray that you'd step into our lives. We pray, Father, that uh, in particular those who came without having you in their lives would walk out of here knowing what it's like to have you a part of their lives. We thank you that you never leave us nor forsake us. We thank you that you're here this morning. And Father, we open our hearts and our minds to you. We pray that your spirit would lead us in worship, that your spirit would fill us, that your spirit would come and live among us, that your spirit would be the focus of our lives, that we might experience you, that we might be true to you both now and through the rest of this week in particular. So we open up your word, we open up our lives, we open up worship to you, and we come to thank you and praise you in the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Amen. Our scripture lesson this morning comes from Acts chapter 1, uh, verses 4 through 8. You may remember when Jesus walked on this earth <clears throat> as a human being, he walked around and he kept talking about a thing called the kingdom of God. Sometimes it's called the kingdom of heaven, depending on which gospel writer you use. My guess is Jesus used those interchangeably. Whether he talked about the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God, he was talking about the same thing. And he kept talking about how the kingdom of God was near. The kingdom of God was upon you. You had a chance to be a part of this incredible kingdom of God. Wouldn't you want to be a part of something bigger than yourselves? And he, he emphasized that over and over again. And then he told them that in order to be a part of the kingdom of God, you put your trust in him and follow him. He'd lead you right into that kingdom. And so they put their trust in him. They followed him and he was crucified. And all of a sudden, everything they thought about the kingdom of God just kind of fell apart. Jesus was supposed to be the king, the Messiah. How's he going to be the king and the Messiah if he's crucified, if he's dead? Well, then, of course, Jesus walked out of the tomb. You remember that? We celebrated that not too long ago. And Jesus came out, the Messiah. And what was fa- what's fascinating to me is when we come to Acts chapter 1, we discover that Jesus is still teaching them the same thing. He's still talking about the kingdom of God. Do you think there's something important about that? Say yes. <clears throat> Thank you. I just want to make sure you're with me. So here he is talking about the kingdom of God, and he talks to them and appears to them for 40 days talking about the kingdom of God. And every once in a while, he sits down and eats with them because something about eating with Jesus, it's important stuff. And so here we come to Acts chapter 1, verse 4, and Jesus once again is sitting down with his disciples. This is what it says, except my Bible changed. I can't get my glasses on. There we go. Acts chapter uh, 1, verse 4. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by His own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. May God add God's blessing to the reading and hearing 
of this God's most holy word. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you hold us in the palm of your hand. That there's a place where we can find rest and peace. And it's not, it's not a place, a physical place, but it's a place in our spirit where when all chaos erupts, we can come to you. We can sit with you. We can allow your spirit to come upon us and move in us in such a way that we can find your peace and your rest. And Lord, we pray that you give us your rest this morning, that as we listen to your voice, we would hear how you are at work and that we would jump up and get involved as you work in and through us, that we would find that our rest comes not from sitting in the pew, but from serving you. So this morning, Lord, speak. Help us to listen. And may you be praised. I thank you for this opportunity. And I ask that you would speak through me, though I'm unworthy except by your incredible grace. So we come before you with ears open, hearts wide, listening for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. We've been uh, talking about the Holy Spirit, and last week we talked about, excuse me, we talked about the presence of the Holy Spirit, and how the Spirit is present with us, the Spirit is within us, and how incredible that is, how we can, uh, we can have God with us all the time. And because God is with us, we can, we can have the Spirit within us, and the Spirit isn't just within us, but the Spirit speaks to us and gives our life direction. And helps us to know where to go and when to go and how to go. And we, we talked about how that voice is within us, just like our mother's voice, right? Uh, you know, when you're going out the door, put on your coat. How do you know to put on your coat? Well, because mom told you every time you went out the door, if you didn't put on your coat, you were going to catch a cold. Exactly. Now, some of you uh, had different mothers who have said different things, but those things are indel- uh, indelibly etched into your spirit. The Holy Spirit comes within us and speaks to us, and it's great to have the presence of the Holy Spirit, and we talked about that for a long time last week. And this week, we want to talk about something different. We want to talk about the power of the Holy Spirit. We're going to talk this morning about the power, and by the way, oh, I didn't mention, we do have children's church now for first service. If uh, any, any young people want to head to ch- children's church, you're welcome. You, you can stay in the sanctuary too. No, no uh, but I just want to make sure everybody's aware of that. Because it happens every Sunday and we never mention it. And I just want you to know uh, that that's an opportunity. So we were going to talk about the power. The question is, is the power on or off, right? <clears throat> is the power on or is the power off? Now, there's a couple things I want to say uh, about the power. First of all, have you ever felt powerless? 
there have been times in my life when I have felt powerless. As a matter of fact, uh, probably uh, recently watching the news, I frequently feel powerless. What can I do? And we kind of sit back and we say, well, there's really nothing I can do. Now, there are some people who think, I know what I can do, and they begin to draw upon the world's idea of how to present power. And the world is all about weapons of destruction, right? Uh, That's how you show somebody power. You want to overcome somebody else? You have a bigger gun than they have. If you want to have power, you need something more powerful, and the the world can't think of anything more powerful than a bigger weapon than you have. So somehow we've gotten into this idea that there's power in weapons of destruction. That's the world's view. Or there's power in public opinion. This drives me nuts. Every time I watch the news, uh, they don't want to tell me the news. They want to tell me what everybody else thinks about the news. Because somehow, if everybody else thinks that, I must have to think that. And there's power somehow in public opinion. If you get enough people, you can change the world, right? Because you can push your ideas on somebody else. That somehow, public opinion has all kinds of power. So we think of weapons of destruction, we think of of public opinion, or or we think of words that degrade others. Have you noticed that? Uh, One of the things that drives me nuts about sitcoms today is they're all about how I can cut down somebody else and somehow that's funny. But there is power in words and sometimes words are used in such a way to degrade people, to knock other people down, that somehow if I could make you feel bad, I'll feel better. Sometimes that happens in relationships, doesn't it? Somehow if I could make you feel less, I'll feel more. And so I'll use my words to attack you, to hurt you. And this is easy to jump into, isn't it? Because if they attack you, how do you respond? So if you're going to say that to me, I'll tell you what I'm going to say to you. Depends if they're right. Not always, Kenny. (laughs) Not always. As a matter of fact, most of the time, because I'm always right, it never depends on that. (laughs) I'm not always right, right? But but that's, that's the stance we start with, isn't it? But I'm right, so I'm going to... To attack them. And furthermore, if someone's sharing you with is sharing the truth with you, they don't need to attack you with words, do they? They need to just share those words. Okay, so we see how the world grabs hold of us. You know what, what drives me nuts? This is what I hear Christians say. Well, I can't do anything. I, you know, the only thing I can do, you ever hear this? Well, the only thing I can do is, what do they say? Pray. Yeah, that's what they say. The only thing I can do, well, I guess the only thing left to do is pray. As if prayer is the least powerful thing you could ever do in your life. The exciting thing about being a follower of Jesus Christ is that the power of the Holy Spirit is within you. And because of that, your prayers are incredibly powerful. We shouldn't say, well, the only thing I can do is pray. We should say, I'll tell you what I'm going to do about that. I'm going to pray and you best watch out. Now here's, here's the difference, right? Because when I, when I look at the way the world responds, the world responds, somehow I've got to push that power from myself. That power has to come from me. 
The neat thing about the power of the Holy Spirit, which is outlined right here in Acts, is it doesn't come from you. It comes from God Himself. The Almighty Father offers you His Spirit to be within you. You can't get any more power than the Almighty God. Any of you create the world lately? Uh, Any of you uh, able to uh, transform or bring new life into the world lately? Uh, any of you been able to, uh, to create lightning? Raise your hand. Now, I know there are ways to do that because I did that in high school with a, I don't remember how, a static electricity. It was a lot of fun. But I can't create something that God does. You see, what we create is on a minimal scale compared to what God does. It's like, uh, who was it? Uh, I can't remember the, the philosopher who said that we're like children playing in the sand of the backyard of the Almighty God. But when God is within us, everything is possible. The power of God is within us. Think of how powerful that is. Your prayers are incredibly powerful. It's so powerful that you can live a life that's filled with victory. And and victory is an important aspect of life, right? Because victory means that your life has changed. And not only has your life changed, but you're beginning to change the world because God is at work in your life. Think about that. You're beginning to change the world because God is at work in your life. Now, I, know what you're, I don't know what you're thinking, but I have an idea of how, what some of you are thinking. You're thinking, but I don't affect the world. I only, I only have influence with maybe one or two people, or maybe 15 or, or maybe 75 people. How can I change the world? You can't, but God can through you. My brother, my brother Lee Bartlett talks to people around the world. And you know how he does that? Do you realize what an awesome time of the, uh, of, uh, of the world we live in? I mean, this is, this is awesome. You can get online and talk to people around the world. Do you understand what God could do through you? Without even leaving. Now, we're, we're sending people to Nicaragua pretty soon. And that's exciting. And they're going to do work for Jesus there. And they're going to be used by God in powerful ways. But you don't have to go to Nicaragua. God may call you to go to Nicaragua. If He does, go. But if He doesn't, He may call you to the computer not to play games. But to step into somebody's life halfway around the world. And you can do that. What amazes me about our young people today is they have influence with people around the world. And it's amazing. And you can see it. They sit on their phone all day. And we say, I wish they'd get off the phone. Why aren't we saying, hey, who are you talking to? Can you talk to someone halfway across the world? Can you tell them about Jesus? you got the phone in your hand. What's that? So do I. Yeah. So do I. And, and, and it's addictive, this stupid thing. <laughs> but, but like all those good tools, what do we spend most of the time with them doing? Things that don't make a difference in anybody else's life. But we have the power of God in our lives. And we could make a difference in the world. 
So I want to I want us to think a minute this morning about the power of God and how that works in our lives so that we can make the most of the power in our lives. Now you'll notice in this morning's passage uh, Jesus says to the disciples that they are to stay in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes upon them that they will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now we know all about baptism because we are Baptists. Right? But just in case you're not aware of what baptism is all about, baptism says, I'm all in with Jesus. That's what baptism says. I am committed to Jesus. I'm putting it all in. I, I, I'm, I'm going all in with Jesus. I'm not just putting my toe in, but I want the world to know that I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. And the awesome thing about baptism is at Jesus' baptism, when Jesus was baptized, He came up out of the water, what did God say? This is my son. This is my child. And what I think is awesome about baptism is that when you go in that water, when you come out, the Almighty God is up there smiling saying, yep, another one that's mine. Now you say, well, wait a minute. I thought when I accepted Christ, I was then one of God's. Well, you were. And you are. But when you're baptized, God publicly declares. When you're baptized, you publicly declare. It's like people who have children in their household, right? They grow out up with them that were not born to them. And they grow up with them, and there comes a point when they decide, we want to adopt this child. And the child sometimes says, I want to be adopted. And so the parents and the child who already consider themselves parents and son or daughter, they already have that all figured out. The piece of paper isn't going to change that at all. But they go down to the courthouse and they sign a piece of paper. And when they sign that piece of paper, then they say, this is my child. Now that's already your child. But there's something about publicly declaring that that makes a difference. You with me? So if you understand baptism correctly, you know that when you accept Jesus Christ, your personal Lord and Savior, you are saved. Baptism doesn't change that at all. You are already a child of God. But when you step into the waters of baptism and you go down under that water and come up, you're proclaiming your faith in Jesus Christ to the world. And God proclaims to the world that you're His child. Now, why am I talking all about that? Because I want to talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I believe there's a lot of similarities about, with baptism with water and baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus puts them together right here. Because He wants you to see that when you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, what you're saying is, I'm all in with faith. You with me? I'm all in with faith. In other words, what you're saying is, I'm going to live now, not by sight, but by faith. I'm all in by faith. Now, you, you know, people say, well, I've finally been baptized with the Holy Spirit. I finally have the Spirit in my life. Well, Jesus made it clear. Once you said yes to Him, you had the Spirit in your life. The question is whether you're going to allow the Spirit to work in your life. The Apostle Paul specifically says, do not quench the Spirit, doesn't he? 
And I think too often we do that. What we do is we don't live by faith, we live by sight. And when we live by sight, the Spirit of God isn't working in our lives. When we live by faith, the Holy Spirit comes in power and begins to work in incredible ways. Notice, when, the, when uh, Jesus says to His disciples, I want to give you My Spirit, and I want you to experience His power, but this is what you have to do. You have to stay in Jerusalem. Suppose one of the disciples said, well, you know, Jesus, I was planning on going on vacation this weekend, um, so maybe, maybe we could do the Spirit thing a little later on. Uh, well, you know, Jesus, me and the missus, you know, we, we had plans, uh, and, and we need to go to Nazareth, so, uh, you know, when we get back, would that be all right? I'm sure Jesus was, oh yeah, go. Have a good time. Do you think that's what Jesus would say? No. Did you notice what it says? This is what it says. He gave them this command. Now I learned one thing when I was in ROTC. When the commander gives a command, it's not a suggestion. I learned that the hard way. But it's not a suggestion. Jesus gave that command. And because He gave that command, He expected that to be followed. And because the disciples followed that, in a few weeks we're going to celebrate when the Holy Spirit came upon them with power, with the, with the, with the, uh, <clears throat> yeah, the tongues of fire and the whole shebang. It was an incredible day. Could you imagine if you missed that incredible day? You know, you know, it really bothers me sometimes with, with, uh, with our lives. We get caught up in our own stuff and we miss what the Spirit is doing. And sometimes we get caught up with our own stuff so we can't make church this Sunday. But God will understand. Or we're on vacation so we won't go to church anywhere this Sunday. After all, it's our vacation. But God will understand. Or you know, I was real busy today so I couldn't really spend time reading the Word of God. But that's okay. God will understand. Or, you know, the other day I was walking down the street and, and I came to a, a person who really needed help. I knew they needed help. They cried out to me. But, you know, I, I was in a hurry. There was a place I had to be. It's okay. God will understand. Well, God understands. This is what God understands. That you missed an opportunity for the power of God to be at work in your life. There was a missionary by the name of Herbert Jackson. And Herbert Jackson got a car uh, for his work in the mission field. And while he was in the mission field, the only problem with this car is you couldn't start it unless you could get it moving. And he had put together this whole process where there were students in a local school and he would go there and they would come and they would push his car first thing in the morning to get it started. And then wherever he stopped, he made sure he stopped on a hill so that it could get started on the way down. He had this great plan all worked out. The problem is Herbert Jackson got ill and he had to leave the mission field. And so when the new missionary came, he said to the new missionary, now this car only works if it's moving, so you have to get somebody to push it, or you have to, and he said, this, I got it all set up for you, it's going to be easy, smooth as pie. And while he's talking, the new missionary's looking under the hood, and he reaches down, and he finds a loose wire, he tightens that wire, he goes and he starts the car. For years, Herbert, Herbert Jackson had been pushing the car to get it started. Now the power was already there. 
It wasn't like there was no power in the car. The problem was, Herbert Jackson didn't realize there was a loose connection. I believe one of the reasons we don't see the power of God in our lives, we don't feel the overwhelming power of God in our lives, is because we have lost that connection where if we're faithful, then He begins to work in powerful ways. We've decided we can still do it our way and experience the power of God. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. The overwhelming power of God. And God makes it very clear, if you want to experience my overwhelming power, you have to be faithful to me. Do it my way and you'll see me do incredible things. Now let me warn you. You may may have been here for the countdown. A few of you were here for the countdown timer. (laughs) Late arriving crowd this morning. But in that countdown, it said... You have come to a very safe place to hear a very dangerous message. I, I want to warn you about something. When you begin to open yourself up to the Spirit of God and what the Spirit is doing in your life every day, God will call you to do incredible things. Overwhelming things. Now, we, we can see that as something exciting, but you know all exciting things are scary to a certain extent. Getting married is an incredibly exciting thing. It's also an incredibly scary thing. Dan loves roller coasters. Getting on a roller coaster is a great, exciting experience, but ask Dan, he'll tell you, it's scary as all get out. You see, the exciting things in our lives also come with some fear attached to them. But when you begin to step out in faith, you begin to see God do incredible things in your life. And it's worth every moment. Because you see, when you are baptized with the Holy Spirit, you have new hope, you have new life. When you're baptized with the Holy Spirit, all things become new. And I want you to see what happens when you pray. Jesus is talking to the apostles. He's talking to them about faith and they're struggling with this. They say, Lord, increase our faith. And this is what he said in Luke chapter 17. He says, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and planted in in the sea and it will obey you. Now, I, I have yet to have the Holy Spirit call me to move a mulberry tree. I'm not sure I'd recognize a mulberry tree if I saw it. So for those of you who are literalists, you have to step back just a step and say what Jesus is saying is that if you begin to live by faith, all things become possible. And if He wants you to do it, it can happen. It can happen. If you allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life, incredible things begin to happen. The Holy Spirit begins to overwhelm you with what's happening. So, so the first place we need to stop this morning is, is to ask ourselves, does the Holy Spirit overwhelm me? Or am I living a life that's pretty straightforward, ho-hum? And then the second question is, so who am I living for? Am I living by faith? Or am I living by am I living for my life, or am I living for God's life? And it'll make a difference. It'll change your life. The Holy Spirit. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit is already in your life. The question is, will you allow the Holy Spirit to baptize you? Are you going to be all in? Second thing I want you to see is that the disciples ask this question. I love this question. Does this make any sense to you at all? 
Here Jesus had just said that he wanted them to stay in Jerusalem because he wanted to baptize them with the Holy Spirit. And they ask him, so Lord, is, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Now, I don't know about you, but this is one of those times when I'm reading the Scripture and I stop and I say, what does that question have anything to do with receiving the Spirit? How, how did they get to restoring the kingdom to Israel? And then all of a sudden, it began, to, it began to come together to me as I began to think about what that meant for them. You see, what they wanted was for Jesus to come back to establish His kingdom in Israel for the Israelites. You see, what they wanted was they wanted Jesus to be their king so that they could be in control. As a matter of fact, we saw when Jesus was still living, at one point they had this big argument about who was going to be the greatest, who was going to be the best, who was going to be the most. Because they thought, I want to be top dog in the kingdom. And so they want to know, Jesus, is this the time that you're going to restore your kingdom, make us top dog, give us the power? Now listen carefully, give us the power. What power are they trusting in? Their own power. Here we go again, right? So Jesus immediately responds, hey, it's not for you to know the dates or the times. Those are up to my Father. Now why would He even say that? Well, simply because if you really want to live by the Spirit's power and experience the power of God, then you have to put your trust in God. And by the way, let, let me say this straight out, because some people think, well, I can be a follower of Jesus Christ and still go to fortune tellers, and still have my future read, still have my palm read. I can, go, I can be a follower of Jesus Christ, and I can still read those fortune cookie thingies and believe that somehow they're going to tell me what's going to happen in the future. There, there are some people who are followers of Jesus Christ who say, well, I, I believe that that I can do this and I can meddle in that. You can't do both. Jesus said you can't serve two masters. You can only trust one person. Who are you going to trust? You're going to put your trust in the occult? And watch out because our world is really insidious with it, right? You remember the Magic 8 Ball? I had one when I was a kid. I'd ask it all kinds of questions. Signs point to yes. Now, I was smart enough as a kid to know that all that was going on was there was something in there with liquid and it would flip around and it would give me an answer. It had nothing to do with my question. But there are people who put their hope in those kind of things. So a few years ago, somebody had the great idea of making a Ouija board a game. So people could sit down and ask these questions and allow spirits to move that. And some people have said to me, yeah, but the Spirit of God can move that. The Spirit of God doesn't have to move that. The Spirit of God doesn't need to tell you the future. God's already there. You just need to learn to trust Him. In other words, it's time for you to become a part of the kingdom of God, not a part of the kingdom of this world. So the, the question is, who, where are you going to put your alliance? With the kingdom of this world or with the kingdom of God? Sound familiar? If you begin to trust God, you begin to see God at work. When you begin to see God at work, you can begin to get involved in His work and you'll find power in your life. You follow all that? 
And that happens when we give ourselves over to the kingdom of God as opposed to the kingdom of this world. So we begin to open ourselves up to what God is doing, and God begins to work in incredible ways. Let, let me show you. Uh, I, I, I spent a lot of time uh, this week thinking about all those parables. You remember in Matthew, there's all those parables about the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. In Mark, there's parables about the kingdom of God. In Luke, there's parables about the kingdom of God. In John, there's parables about the kingdom of God. I began to step back. You know, we get caught in the minutiae sometimes. I began to step back and I looked at those. You know who those, who those parables are addressed to? The kingdom of God is like, it always says, the kingdom of God is like, and it always is like someone who feels powerless, like a child or someone who is powerless or someone who who has to trust in God. And when they do, then they experience God's power. And these are the type of things they experience. They experience the power of love, which allows them to encourage one another. That to me is awesome. Because you remember the power of this world is the power to drag people down. The power of God is, come, is to come to encourage people. How do people look at you? Do they see you as an encourager or a discourager? I have this horrible tendency when someone brings a new idea to me to immediately think of a hundred ways why it won't work. You ever have that? I hate that. Because what I want to say is, yeah, let's do it. And my mind's saying, yeah, but what if, what if, what if, what if, what if, what are you going to do? 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 It does sound like I'm in an auction, right? Well, I got a lot to say, and we only have a few minutes left. <laughs> so, so, so you understand what's happening inside of me is everything that the world wants me to think, it can't happen, it can't do it, you can't do it, there's reasons why you can't, is running through my head. Everything the Spirit is yelling is, go for it! Encourage people. This is what Paul wrote. He wrote, so it is with you, since you are eager for gifts of the Spirit, try to excel in those that do what? Build up the church. Build up the church. Oh, that'll never work. Oh, here's one I like. Not me. I'm not filling out that Connect card. Did I say that out loud? <laughs> oh, I know. I know it's pain, isn't it? But it would help encourage the church. Help build up the church. Uh, encourage those around you. I hope this morning before you go, you say something great to somebody around you because the Spirit of God is here and wants you to work through His power. And His power is the kind that build up. The second thing is uh, that power is the power to serve. Listen very carefully. The power to serve. Not the power to be first. You remember the disciples all wanted to be the greatest? Jesus said if you want to be the greatest, you need to be what? servant of all. Jesus said this, for who is greater, the one who sits at the table or the one who serves? It is not the one who is is it not the one who is at the table? And then he says this, but I am among you as one who does what? Serves. If you want to see the power of God at work in your life, begin to serve. Don't begin to to try to be the boss. Walk in in an opportunity to serve. And all of a sudden you'll begin to see God's power at work in your life. Or how about this? A lot of times uh, when we're about power, we're about ourselves. But if you're a part of the kingdom, if you're about power, you're about other people. Martin Luther King said this, life's most persistent and urgent question is, what are you doing for others? 
What are you doing for others? Jesus put it this way. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. What are you doing for others? The baptism of the Holy Spirit comes. You have an opportunity to live by faith. And as you live by faith, you have an opportunity to live that faith with love. And that love begins to change, not just you, but the, the, the world. The world. And then finally, Jesus in this passage wants you to know that words have power. Words have power. And I, I find it fascinating that if our words have power, then God's words have even God's power. So as you begin to share your life with others, as you begin to serve and love, as you begin to work and allow God's Spirit to show you how you can live, this is what begins to happen. You have opportunities to share His love and His power with your mouth. Words have power. Words change things. But stay with me now. Stay with me. Some of you, some of you are losing it. This is important stuff. Words have power. And I want you to know that when you step into the world and you begin to share your words, God's Word with other people, you don't have to worry about how you're going to say it. Some people want to say, well, how do I say it? How do, what are the right words? Don't worry about that. Jesus said, for I will give you words and wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. Don't worry about the words. Just simply share from your heart and you'll see the power of God come through those words. But stick with me. Because there's something even more important. You see, those words won't do much if you don't live those words. If you don't live those words, those words don't mean much. If I say one thing and do another, you call me a hypocrite. If I say one thing and do another, you stop listening. If I say one thing and do another, then I don't feel your words have any meaning. or my, You may feel my words don't have any meaning. when the Apostle Paul began to share with the church in Corinth about the communion meal, sitting down together around that meal, he said that Jesus said this. Now the Gospel writers don't share, share this with us, but, but the Holy Spirit working through Paul says this, For as often as you eat of this bread and drink of this cup, you show the Lord's death until He comes. You see, if you're just going to talk about it, it's not going to make a difference. Why do we take communion? We could talk about the fact, you know, Jesus died and rose again. We could talk about those things, but we sit down and we actually take that bread and we take that cup and we remember what Jesus has done for us. And why do we do that? Because we know that we need to live for Him in this world. Our words and our lives need to match. Jesus says, you will be my witnesses in, in, in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You cannot be a witness if your words say one thing and your life lives another. So you can talk about forgiveness all you want and talk about how God has forgiven you, but if you don't live a forgiving life, then no one's going to listen to the words of forgiveness. See, if you want to see the power of God in your life, then you have to allow the words of God to so permeate your life that they come out of your life and your mouth at the same time. 
I studied Spanish in high school and then a couple years in college. And when I started in Spanish, it was very difficult um, because they speak funny words. Did you ever notice that? Um, they're not the same words as ours. Some of them have some similarities. That helped me. Um, but, but as I went through Spanish, as I went through Spanish, I got better at Spanish. Um, and as a matter of fact, uh, my second year of Spanish in college, um, which was my last year, um, there were times when I'd actually be sitting there thinking in Spanish. Do you know how weird that is? Now, if you were Hispanic here, you wouldn't think that was weird at all. <laughs> but for me, I, that, that was bizarre. Why would I think in another language? But you see, I had immersed myself in the language so that it, those words just seemed to come into my mind even sometimes before the English words would come into my mind. You see, when you begin, begin to allow the Spirit to overwhelm you, to fill you, when you begin to live that life that He has called you to live, when you begin to live by faith, all of a sudden those things become the natural things and the other things become the unnatural things. In other words, you become a witness for Jesus. And all of a sudden, God's power is unleashed in your life in some incredible ways. And you begin to change. And your environment begins to change. And through that, Jesus begins to change the world. You see, God has offered us His power today. The question is whether we're going to turn it on or not. And it's not difficult. It's hard. Because it's a whole different mindset. Jesus said you'd be, or the Apostle Paul said we should be renewed by the, we should be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Thank you, Kenny. Yes. Transformed by the renewing of our mind. And as the Holy Spirit begins to take hold of us, our minds begin to change. And we begin to see Him at work. And His power is unleashed in our lives. Do people see Christ in you? Do you see the wor world through the eyes of faith? Have you allowed the Holy Spirit to come and take a hold of you? All that's possible this morning. You see, because it starts right now. The Spirit of God, the power of God wants to be at work in your life. The question is, will you make that connection? Let's bow together for a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, we know that connection begins with a relationship with you. And there are some here who would love to have power in their lives. They feel powerless in their relationships. They feel powerless at work. They feel powerless at home. They feel powerless to change. There are so many things they'd like to change in their lives that they just can't find a way to do it. Lord Jesus, this morning we know that You've come so that we could have power, so that things could be different, so that we could live a victorious life. And sometimes, Lord, what keeps us from that is not opening our hearts to You. We, we decided we want to live our own way. And Lord, if there's someone here that's been trying to live their own way and, 
and expect God to bless that. We just pray this morning, whether they're a follower of you or not, that this morning they would say, hey, Lord Jesus, I want to follow you. Maybe, Lord, there are people here this morning who are struggling because they've been uh, looking at their lives and not seeing you at work anywhere. Their prayers seem to go unanswered and their, their hearts are growing cold. We pray this morning, Lord, that they would open their lives to your Spirit again. That they would live with anticipation, looking to see how you will answer and trusting You in the middle of it. Lord Jesus, this morning, uh, we have neighbors and friends who don't know You. Who are walking through this world lost. Blind. Not able to know what's best, what's good, what's right. Destroying themselves and others in the process. And You've given us the words Lord Jesus, we pray that Your power would be unleashed in our words as we share Your words with them. That we would be changed. That You would change our world. Thank You, Jesus. In Your name we pray. Amen.